listening to you. Welcome to Event Session. First time parents, season three. Hello. We're talking about relationships this season. So much has been about hubbies and mine. Uh, But today we're talking about our relationships with our toddlers. So we're going to be joined by Mandy from Raised Toddlers. You might already know her from Instagram. She's got a awesome following. She has got incredible tips and we've got her on today to talk all toddler behaviors. And I'm going to ask her as many questions as I can that you have sent through with regards to toddlers. We've we've realized that we can still call our kids toddlers, even though they're almost four, right? <laughs> so let's get into today's episode. Welcome to First Time Parents. We got there. Hello. Hello, we got there. I'm so glad. So much just happened in the last 15 minutes. I, don't, I feel like I'm in some sort of random world. <laughs> oh, I don't worry about it. Sometimes it happens. I've waited for people and then they're like, it's on Zoom and I've clicked like a Google link or something. And I'm like, what the fuck? It's- Honestly, like I am in like whoop whoop. I don't know about you. You're a north of the river girl, right? Yeah. I'm south of the river and I feel like I've just entered some other country. I feel like my internet dropped out. Like I I, I literally was in this industrial area and I was like going so fast trying to get to where I need to go. And there was a mother duck crossing the road with like all these baby ducks. And it just made me think like, just calm down. Like everything's fine. Yes. Oh my God. Isn't it like those messages of like slow down and it's a podcast, whatever will be, will be. Do you know what I mean? Like if we did it today or we did it next week or we do it another time, like, don't worry. I know. I was just so excited. This is like, it's exciting talking to you. You've got a good energy. I love it. Oh, well, I'm so excited. Let's get straight into it then, sister. Now we've seen the mother duck and the, um, and her little babies. Let's talk about ours. So, uh, for those who don't know you, who you are, like seriously, where have you been? Because Mandy offers so much um, perspective, honest, um, trustworthy information on the internet about raising little humans and your Instagram page is Raised Toddlers. So can you give us a sum up of who Mandy is as a parent? All right, Mandy as a parent is winging it. No, just, <laughs> Aren't we all? Look, Mandy as a parent, like, I love it. I'm a mum to three girls, right? Beautiful, gorgeous girls, um, range of ages. So I've got a 10-year-old, so I'm entering the tween years, and then I'm all, all the way down to a toddler who's entering the three-age years. Nobody told me that was a bad idea. Three-nager and tween-ager at the same time, no, <laughs> not a great deal. Middle child is just sort of hoping to get some attention anytime soon. Oh, yeah, they say that middle child. I, I'm a middle child, so I have a lot of <laughs> compassion for her. But but to be honest, I I am a very grateful mum in the fact that I feel like the stuff I've learned by the career that I have, which is um in that space of child development, child psychology you know, sort of uh, being able to understand things and see things from a different perspective has saved me in parenting because I really do feel like even knowing that stuff is so helpful and it's sort of the thing that I can fall back on. But I'm just another human mum with the the big feelings and the frustrations and the places to be at times when you've still got to talk to a teacher and organise someone's dance class and get a refund from something and and just juggle like mum life as well, right? And and somebody doesn't want to put their shoes on or will only put one shoe on but not the other and, you know, and like, oh. And so I really find like the stuff that I've learned through 
the work that I do has really, I guess, reduced my stress and helped me to feel a bit more confident when I run into those real pickles with, with the three different kids and different temperaments as well. Well, this is the thing, right? This season has been about Griffo and I talking about how he doesn't want another baby and I do. But since I've been going through the maybe the last six months of talking about this with Griffo and then experiencing motherhood and just even you saying put, put, putting the shoes on, like I'm like, I don't know if I really want to go through that again. That's where I'm starting to honestly think like because I know it's taken a lot for me to get to this level of parenting. Do you know what I mean? Where I don't scream and shout all the time and I can see why fucking parents do. Like it's just your instant reaction. Like it's the easiest, like, do you know what I mean? Like when we've got all these other things going on in our lives. And so for me, it's these little day-to-day things that I'm like, I just don't know if I've got the energy for it. Like I love my work and that brings me so much joy. Like, do I want to take another five years, you know, of so you just saying that I'm like that's just opened up the Maybe door not. To- yeah <laughs> no but seriously like it is one of those things isn't it it's like this me and my husband talk about it all the time like we both have our own businesses so that's a whole nother can of worms right you know yeah. that right that juggle of it's like two other children in the house like having yeah. two other babies to, to care for and nurture and um and I just think like it is that concept of like it is a it's it's an intention and an effort to really want to invest in these little people and not just little accessories that we've got the thing that I find with parenting though is it's it's grown and matured me and taken me to a capacity that I think has really benefited whether I was in the childhood space or in any other business I feel like there's but there's also there's elements of needing to care for for other parts of you so that you don't just have a breakdown because it is a lot you know it's a lot of the juggle of needs and as you say like one child you know and there's something about it like I know lots of people say oh going from zero to one was like their biggest shift because once you went from one to two you're sort of just doing the same bits but just you know the the second one might have grown out of those things and and I mean to be honest I have watched and I was thinking on the way here while I was thinking about talking to you about all the toddler things like cooperating and all that stuff something about having a slightly older child and then another baby is is how much they like also work with that little person it's sort of like you do have another little person there like our our daughters the way they speak to our toddler the way they help guide her and stuff is almost like yes they've heard me do it but they have this playful uh organic way of being with another child that an adult I find is really hard for us much harder for us because we're stuck in logic land and I've got we're at 10 and the other child's like saying a cute narrative and a story while she puts on the socks and and I'm like this is great so like there's definitely benefits as well you know and and you've got to live in babysitter now (laughs) pretty much I know we're getting close (laughs) oh no and I think you know it is these little day-to-day things I think with being a parent of a toddler uh, that I think is what it's it's kind of like you know um for me it's like I'm cruising 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 then like fuck you've poked the bear way too many times today, like way too many times. And then all of a sudden you erupt, you know, that's like, for me, I am very conscious of my tone and how I talk. And, but what I'm struggling with, which is what I wanted to talk to you about is I'm feeling right now. He doesn't listen to me because I feel like I have been too. oh shit, my phone. My phone's telling me, beep, beep. Um, we're supposed to buy a um, case of beer when we used to work in radio and your phone would go off. Are you a case of beer now or it's my podcast? I don't need to. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, 
it's like those, like for me, it's like, what what was my train of thought again now? I'm just like, the, the not listening, right? Like we've got oh. things to do. I mean, like I've just said what to do, just do it. Like, and they can hear you and they understand your words, but they won't necessarily like just do the thing you're asking them to do. Well, it's not even necessarily like the putting on the shoes or this or that at the moment. It's like when we go out in public, he doesn't want to listen to hold my hand anymore. He wants to run around the shopping center and buy all the toys like and I know it's fucking kids things and I know that like do you know what I mean but it's like I like I can understand why people start to get grouchy at their kids and my mum said to me well have you tried that and I said yeah I've tried it don't oh my god my phone stop it um I'm like I I've tried it but I don't and she said it didn't work either and I was like no it didn't work but then he really listens to Griffo so is he scared of Griffo? Like, do you know what I mean? That's and not an interesting dynamic, isn't it? It is such an interesting dynamic. And I totally get what you mean. And I, and I think it's children do have different relationships with different, like they just find their groove with different caregivers, right? It can be also different with grandparents and things like that. But also mm-hmm. you must remember, like, I think, which is really tricky in motherhood as well, is mums are like the ultimate like womb right they're the they're the safest space they'll ever have and i do actually find if you, there's research studies that have actually found that toddlers and children will test and uh, test boundaries with mums i think they said like 200 percent more and, and my husband and i often will talk about that and i'll be he'll be like it's so true like um and like sometimes i would judge myself and be like oh is it because i'm not given a firm enough expectation or firm enough boundary or but there's also a side to sometimes we tuned in those little kids were in us right they, they've been part of our bodies like I feel like even if we don't intend to tune into how they might be feeling or what they might be thinking th- that we do so often we also are a little bit more riled up by some of their behaviors or mm. get a little bit more emotional about that and with toddlers often they're looking for really sturdy leadership and sometimes I find when I'm getting flustered and a shopping center is a classic example I'm ten, I'm tending to get overstimulated. They are tending to get overstimulated. And then there's a cycle of feeding off each other. And there's just like really chaos unfolding. So there's absolutely a, a dynamic there with sort of that parent, mother, mother, child sort of relationship, which is different. So what do you do when, cause say I'm going back to the shopping center last Friday and, you know, we're walking past and look, God love the lady. She's got all these amazing, cute little stuffed toys out. And it's just like a circus for Memphis. Like, no, oh, I can't look away. And he's like running around it, like wanting to pick every single one up. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. Like his latest thing is like picking stuff up and wanting to fucking steal it. And <laughs> I'm like, face. it's like everything that I touch is attached to me and becomes part of my body. Yes, it's so true. And so I'm trying to like use a little bit more of a stern tone voice or whatever than worked. And then I was like chasing him around like a crazy person. So I'm like, well, fine, then we're going to go home. But really, I didn't want to go home because I needed to get the shopping done and I didn't want to come back later. So So tricky, isn't it? Try having that, like that happening plus two other children going in other directions. Honestly, like Number one, like I've, I think I've done a post on this on Instagram before, like um, how to shop with a toddler, like number one, don't. Like, it's just like. Okay, so what we're saying, because so like, for a long time I didn't do stuff with him. I've kept things very, you know what I mean, segregated because it's just easier that way. But I yeah. want him to be a part of my life. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And this is where I think it's the whole concept of balancing re- the reality of the expectation as well. So like, obviously, okay, cool. I want to go to the shops with my toddler. He's in this phase where obviously they want to walk and they want to be free and all that sort of stuff. And so sometimes I actually try and 
role play or be really, really specific about exactly what's going to happen. And so, and I, I'm really open to if it's something like the shop and I know they're super impulsive, there's also things I'll intentionally plan as a parent to, which you would judge, judge away. And I, I even think people can judge away when they see me in the shops as Mrs. Ray's toddlers is I will plan in advance what I'm going to be be able to cope with and what they're going to be able to cope with. And then I'll integrate intentionally deciding, bringing along an iPad and for certain parts of the trip, it'll be, all right, it looks like, you know, you really want to run around. I really need to get this done. We've had a little chat. To be, we've had a little wonder. I've been interested in the things that you're interested in, looking and poking the toys and touching them. And I'll, I'll often try to join them in those things. Like, that is cool, isn't it? That's so cool. Should we take a photo of it? Would you like that for your birthday? Or what? anything that makes you feel like you're joining them without having to buy the thing. Um, and then there'll also be times where it's sort of like a division of my my needs, your needs. Your needs are to touch everything, poke everything, like experience everything physically, you know. Yeah. And my needs are to actually walk away with the groceries. And so part of that is going, look, you're an impulsive toddler who's going to not necessarily – um, be able to stop now, you know. So sometimes it's a case of deciding what are my tools. Some of my tools are like I've got we'll decide to buy a new book. She loves books, right? So I'll be like, well, we'll buy the new book soon. Um, this is if I go once like a fortnight or something with her and we've got a little book we have a collection series of. So I'm like, cool, this is adding to our collection. It's not just like yeah. this random book I'm going to bin next week. Um, and she'll often sit for, say, 15 minutes looking at that or say the next level up for me might be like snack, you know, we're going to grab a snack and go in the trolley. The next level up might be, hey, who wants a chubba chub? Everyone grab your chubba chub flavor, you know? So I feel like you'll be realistic and going that actually do something tangible. It's not just about being. Oh, you've, you, we've lost your audio. Sorry, my phone now. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to do the carton of beer. Um <laughs> And the next level up is like, cool, like, here, let's watch some Bluey. Like, and then I'll still try to join them in that. But there's also times where I'm like, my trolley's like this high and we actually need to get out of the shop. So, like, yes. what's the harm? I, feel I like love that. Like, you know? That really makes me feel better. And I think so many parents, I think, would. Like, it's the intention. It's, like, going in planned, not just, like, of where you're going to go and how quickly you can get it done, but having those things. And I think, yeah, I, I really think the aha moment for me is the pressure that I put on myself and I know speaking to other mums that we put on ourselves to be the perfect parent, yeah. you know, and it's like, oh, but oh, I can't give him a chop chop because he had like a marshmallow with his baby Chino this morning and this and that. And that's where I think I start to unfold, like, you know, that yeah. I'm not doing a good enough job kind of, you know what I mean? It's a narrative, isn't it? It's, it's that narrative yeah. of like what it looks like to be a good parent and stuff. And I feel like sometimes all the good parenting though you're how disconnected are we becoming from our toddlers because we're like like I don't know we're getting irritated and ragey and and your needs aren't being met and you're just following them around and and then yeah it's sort of a division of needs I feel like it sort of sucks that the narrative is if you don't give them an iPad you're a really great parent and like I totally understand the science around screen time and I think it's really good to be equipped with that but equip yourself with that but then be really intentional as a parent about well this is my decision and I feel really great about it and I think that's something that often having more than one child you also start to go okay well well that's a great idea but that's never going to work I've got three different people sets of needs plus my own yes. and that's that whole concept of being in my mind thinking what is it that this can look like for all of us and, and the days I don't do that it is literally chaos because I haven't communicated with everybody and I'll even communicate with my toddler sometimes that is through role play like you know even with a bear like walking around checking out things and then the bear's going to go in the trolley like really putting 
my expectation on what I need from them and what I know their needs are as well. So mm. it is sort of like having a good relationship, right? You just got to communicate what it can look like, what it you know, making sure that you're not just going there and getting all your stuff done, expecting them to be these angel kids. They're just kids who want to experience the fidgets. Like who doesn't want to touch all the hundreds of fidgets that are right there at the eye level? <laughs> yeah. And you know what? This is just, again, this whole season is about communication and relationships. And like I said to Griffo, I was like, how are we expecting our kids? Like when us parents, and like, I'd say this generalizing, but I'm going to like majority of us, our struggles in our relationship is because we can't fucking communicate. Yeah. So how are we expecting these kids when we, so we're not communicating to them either. Like we're just being pussy motherfuckers. (laughs) It's true though. And then we go into reactive state, right? Because our, like we haven't even pre-thought it. And the thing is it also depends on personality. Like I'm pretty like go with the flow type person. So then when I realized, oh, I haven't like communicate with 95% of my family and now everyone's really annoyed at me like my husband didn't know what was happening the kids don't know what's happening and I'm like guys I had a plan in my head like why aren't you all complying to my plan that I never ever communicated <laughs> like it's so it's oh, so, so true <laughs> oh I love where we've gone with this because it's what not what I was expecting today you know like but I love that so um I think the other thing that as a parent with with toddlers is you know, I never spoke about Memphis's toilet training when, because he did toilet train really young and just yep. kind of really took to it. And I really don't remember too much of it being very stressful. And, you know, so I never really wanted to put that on social media because I didn't want to ever make any other mums feel less than, do you know what I mean? So I never really yep. spoke about it and we weren't recording the podcast at the time we had a break. So he, I reckon, was about 18 months or something and, like, just really took to it really quickly and it was really easy and the girls at daycare helped a lot and, yeah, but then all of a sudden at night time, which is one of the things that has been playing on my mind a lot, is he then had, like, I think about six months where he didn't wee his nappy or poo his nappy or anything like that and I didn't take them away just because I was, like, probably thinking, ah, oh, you know, like, just in case because kids wee the bed, poo the bed, whatever, and then now he wheezed the bed, like we tried doing a couple of weeks of, you know, without and he, cause he's just started weighing in the nappy and it's constant. But for me, it feels like I was saying to my friend, it feels like it's behavioral, like he knows what he's doing. And she's like, no, they don't. And then so I started getting in my head and I was like, did I fuck up my child's like nighttime, you know, um, being able to toilet train. And I know you have a membership on, on toilet training. So as a mum of an almost four-year-old who's still wearing his nappies at night time, and they are full, let me tell you. Calls out yeah. in the morning to go to the toilet, but, you know, they are full at night time. Did I let him down? No, it's, again, isn't this the narrative? Why is it? It's, it's exactly what I still do to this day, and I feel like it's one of those things you have to almost come into your mind and then go, hold on, let me reframe this, because it seems to be this narrative we go to is like something's not going right I must have I must have done it it's me it's on me I've I've effed up like it's just one of these things and I think really like looking at like this is why I love like I said having that information because every time I think oh I've just this I've ruined them for life I still I go back to like what does the information tell us what about the development what are the next steps even if I did f up like what is the process and I think like what you said is it's so great the reason it was probably so stress-free with um his toilet learning is when a child is able to just freely without the pressure of the parent just follow their body and tune into their cues and have an have an opportunity to have a go and get used to feeling what their body's telling them to do in the day and stuff they usually do take to it like a duck to water because often like 
also between 18 months and 24 months is a little bit less of that sort of two-year-old, three-year-old um, counter will push back that sometimes mm. toilet becomes more about power struggles than even about wheeze and poos. It's more about yes. you're saying do this and I'm saying whatever you say I'm going to push against because that's my job as a two- and three-year-old. Mm. So it starts to become like that. Whereas at nighttime is so different because, as you say, yeah, there may have been a stretch there where he was a bit drier in the night and things. But what actually can sometimes happen in the three-year-old age group is they start to be so full of imagination that you might have even noticed once he was three because he's about three and a half now, yeah? Yeah, so he'll be four, four. in September. Yeah. So, yeah. th- so that whole three-year-old age group is is a huge, huge cognitive leap in them basically not even being in our world. Like they are in their own world 95% of the time. So sometimes they'll actually also get into a little patterns of probably holding a little bit longer as well in the day so their bladders can fill up that bladders are also their muscles gotten so used to holding and things like that so sometimes even if they do go to the toilet they don't fully release everything in their bladder so you may have seen a window there where he was not you know drier overnight because all day he was actually emptying his bladder and going when his body told him to whereas at three to four he may have been yeah holding on a little bit longer not really noticing you might not even notice but like hours without weaning oh no that was another one of the things yeah like at the moment I've had to push him more to go to the toilet because sometimes he's going like up to six hours yeah and they sort of just have this ability to hold on longer and then they're like not emptying their bladder as much and then at night as well, that like maybe, you know, like you just said, if he's still got the nappy there, then he's like actually just with the safety of a nappy. A nappy is just something they've got so used to having as a safety net. They're just releasing all that wee. They've been busy, too busy living life, living their best life in the day to actually stop to wee. And also they're at that age where they know they wouldn't just have accidents, right? So it's more the holding. And so sometimes it's really bringing their attention to that in a really non-like too taking over way, but really just trying to encourage like, you know, even talking about it, like, oh, sometimes like, you know, even playing with balloons, like the balloons still got a bit of water in it. You got to push the rest out, you know, and bringing their awareness to like emptying their bladder fully. Some of it can just be promoting like through that imagination and wanting to play by having a few um, things like a little basket at the toilet where you're like, hey, you're really into playing, but you can bring your little Paw Patrol dogs and they can watch you do your wee and you tell them how many counts your wee is. If you can get to 20, that's really like making sure all that wee's come out. Just things that'll actually help them know to empty and go without making it like a big pressure thing. But then also at nighttime as well, like around, like there's a lot of stuff with nighttime toileting around hormones and the way they're growing and things that can actually mean sometimes night toileting can be that they are going a little bit more, like actually needing to go a little bit more frequently at night. And some children sleep really deeply. So like, if he's if he's weaned and not even waking up, you know, and knowing that he's weed, so say when you had the nappy off, sometimes that's actually because they're in such a deep sleep that they haven't felt the cues that their body send them in the day. Because usually toileting is a natural progression. If they're really good at listening to the cues in the day, they'll listen to them at night. But if they are weaned and not even waking, that's usually because they're so deep in that sleep that they haven't felt those cues anyway. So it can sort of just be a, a bit of a mix of a few things going on for him. Yeah. And I think like just you saying that just makes me feel so much better. And, you know, when I, uh, cause I, 
I even said to my friend, like, do I bring in like a rewards chart? And like, we spoke about that and, you know, she was like, no, like she's very much against all of that kind of stuff. And hi, Mel, if you're listening. (laughs) And she was like, but I didn't know this again. She listens and watches a lot of stuff about this new age parenting. And, you know, I love how she parents and I always like, I'll ask her questions and stuff, but I did go get like a little rewards thing. And Memphis was so excited about it, but we only used it twice because when I spoke to her and then I think we ran into you at the beach. I was, she oh, was yeah, like, that was great. Yeah, yeah. She was like, oh, you don't, you don't need that with him. Like it's behavioral and like, you know, he's going to think he's doing something wrong. And like, it was an interesting conversation, you know, between us. So what is your take on like rewards and that kind of stuff? Yeah. So I feel like, look, rewards is, and one of these things, I, f- I feel like we talk about external versus internal motivation, right? Which I think if you're looking at the whole long-term picture of the types of children we're raising is I really want children who know to tune into their own cues, into their own body, into their own needs and not be like looking for someone to like praise them or give them feedback and be like, like little people pleasers in the future across the board Mm -hmm. in our parenting and approach with them. But then also, if you're really thinking about like what's happening for toddlers is they're going through this psychosocial phase, if you're talking about the science called autonomy versus shame. So it's actually like a thing that's been researched, but in their psyche, they are realizing, am I capable and autonomous and capable of managing myself or am or am I not doing a good enough job and I need to feel ashamed? And so when you start to bring in rewards, even though they seem like really positive and praising and stuff, it is really like an external from their autonomy and their own capability and tuning into that. So often find, and especially if you're going to talk about like a more stronger willed toddler who's really wired to take charge of themselves, that yeah. can be even more extreme in those sort of cases. And then if you think yeah. about nighttime, where they're actually like asleep, it also seems sort of a bit savage to like not be rewarded when you were like fast asleep. It's like, no, and then because I was like, oh, um, you can have, because it, it was more like waking up and telling us like, because we were thinking that he knew that, that he was going. So it's like, you know, you if you tell us, um, but yeah, it does seem savage. You think, I know, it's like you're sleeping on the job, but like I'm actually meant to be sleeping. Like that's what I want to do. Like, but also to be honest as well, I think it's just that whole concept of the nappy as well. Like it's so tricky trying to figure out what the middle ground with that is. Because I know obviously when you're starting to get closer to four, people are like, you know, either freaking out, like, oh, really, shouldn't they not be in a nappy? But then there's also this other side of like, if they are always in a nappy, do they really feel the true wetness that they, you know, and I know there's some intermediate versions where you can have like a night nappy where it's not, I think it's sort of like a pull-up pant or something. So it's not meant to yeah. have as much absorbency. It's more just meant to catch if there is a, like, that they were fast asleep. Um, so you obviously had a period there where you actually didn't have nappies at all at night, but then you were really having to change the bed quite regularly. Yeah, yeah. But was he actually waking from his, was he waking when he did his wee? So he was probably in like the sweetest sleep of his life and then he didn't oh, get to sleep And then we're like, you can't have a reward. <laughs> It's sometimes I, I like to make it a lot harder and joke and like basically mock myself about these things because it really is just if you break it down, it isn't really doesn't make like a lot of sense, you, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, um, but it's just like society, isn't it? Like I was like, oh, well, you know, sometimes they do it for the chores and stuff and like, you know, it's that thing. So I was like, oh, you know, and I don't even, I didn't even read it anywhere. Like I said, even with all the toilet training stuff, I've just followed like intuitively I didn't really get sucked into reading anything or wanting to go in anywhere because I didn't want to I didn't want to feel that pressure you know I didn't want which then translates to your toddler like it goes on to him as well yeah 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 and so 
speaking of rewards and all that kind of stuff, like Memphis is going through a phase where, you know, I mean, a lot of parents say good job, good job. It's amazing how much we all say good job. I try and like reiterate like what he's doing and like, you know, kind of commentate what he's doing. Um, His latest thing is like, he wants a high five for everything. What is your, um, what is your take, you know, with raising toddlers, like, you know, the shame verse, like if we're looking for them to internally celebrate themselves and be confident and not become those people pleasers what's your take on that kind of stuff yeah I love oh god I just love the phase where they're like mom look mom look and they're like just doing like a turn or something you're like that's pretty bad but that's cool everything everything they're like and look, it's a combination of, I think, obviously, our kids just want us to delight in them. So I think absolutely, like if they're doing a random turn and it's pretty bad, but you just want to just be like that whole concept of like, yeah, I see you. Like, I really appreciate yeah. that you just are showing me and you want me to see all the things you're doing. Like, so I think really genuine, like I do agree we can fall into the good job. Wow, that's so great. When it's actually like a really bad turn like it's just a turn in a circle like that's bad like it's more just to be celebrating like yeah I want to see you I want to watch you you're really important to me because that's what they're looking for they're looking just for that connection and that we love on them and delight in them so I think that's really like important but when they're presenting us with art or showing us their like little moves like you know their shows and all that sort of stuff I love that concept of rather talking through what you were noticing than just being like wow cool wow mate you're the best at that you're amazing like because I actually call that like sort of it is a bit of false praise in a way and sometimes it also Mm. doesn't hit the mark or land with them anyways in what the actual underneath desire was was to truly be seen and noticed and delighted in so I think commentating what you're actually noticing or what they're you're really enjoying showing me your turns it's so important for you that I see it I see it and I love it would you like some music on or you know, should we add to it? What else can we do to make this even like a bigger, more important thing for you rather than just like, wow, you're the best like spinner on, you know, spin in a circle person I've ever seen. But it really takes like a lot of thinking. And that's the one thing that like I was reflecting last week with some of the stuff that came up for me as a parent. And I, it has like, it takes a lot of effort to be this parent, you know, to, like you said at the start, to commit to raising this human in this way, not just having kids because that's what we do. Like it's literally being a part of their makeup, which these years they say the zero to seven are the most important because this is where the programming, everything kind of happens. And so it does, it take like, you know, people might be sitting here going like, fuck, I ain't got time for that. Like, yeah, I know. And it's right. true because we are so, like, we are busy. It's a much busy society than it's ever been for different reasons. But for it is, sure. it's, it's an, it's an effort. And for me, it's a really like, um, I'm proud to become this mum. And like, I still, you know, have my moments of being that you know, I've screamed last week and this and that, you know, and for me, it's like the aha moment that I have is that I still, um, you know, have that I'm not good enough story narrative playing in, in my head. So yeah. I just love talking to people like you because it just really reiterates that we are doing a good job because we're just making that effort. And that's so important. For sure. And I think it's just awareness, right? Like they say, I think that the research, they say it's like, I don't know, not even 30% of like even needing to hit the mark on these things. So sometimes even just being aware of them. And I, I often will still like go down the rabbit hole of like, oh, like, you know, or like look back on pictures and be like, oh, couldn't I have just like, I don't know, been more patient or done better or all these sorts of things. But at the same time, I feel like that awareness and really knowing that we're part of like, 
I guess, a new generation with more insight. Every parent does the best with what they know. And I don't think it's a case of going like, oh, we're not hitting like 100% of the mark or, or having to be so intentional that we start to fret or, you know, badmouth ourselves to ourselves. But actually being like, oh, I was aware of that. Or actually, yes, I did yell. But what I was aware of is that I did yell. And I actually was aware that I yelled. And I was aware that I was ragey. And like, then I was able to also say, like, not just think, oh, well, if I apologize, that weakens the lesson, but actually say, oh, like, I actually didn't really mean to react like that. I just got away with myself and I'm really sorry. Being really honest with that kids. And so I don't think it's about that perfect mm. parenting and like feeling like, oh, like, I totally agree with you. Like not, you know, I love the whole space of development. I love the whole space of playing stuff, but it doesn't necessarily mean every parent has to be like thinking and doing all those things all the time. It's more just for me, perspective shifting is my major passion around children and especially toddlers, because when we see them differently, we respond to them differently without so much effort on our part. So like when we see their behavior of not listening and go, well, that, that makes sense because that's what their brain's doing. And that's what you know, that's what they're wired to do when they're stimulated by things in the shops or and really coming from more of an understanding place of how to join them and how to move move them to sort of, you know, stay connected and get them cooperating rather than like having to follow a script or do it all perfectly, you know. And I definitely, and I often say this to people who do meet me in the community, I think they sometimes think, oh, God, that's Manny and look, look at how she's been with her toddler because <laughs> I'm just a normal parent. Like, yeah, with yeah. a normal parent who's also going to be annoyed and be like, no, it actually is time to leave the park. Like, seriously, dude, like I'm not going to wait anymore, you know, and just being able to be confident as a parent and know when it's your time to move in. Like we can say and be empathetic and kind to our toddlers, but there's also times we've just got to be leaders to say, hey, it's okay for you to be upset. I'm going to pick you up now. You can kick mm. your scream if you need to. I'm here to hear your feelings, but we're moving, we're going. Because there's also this whole gentle parenting where we were fluffing around. It's like they also just need people who are going to take charge and help them with confidence as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that's what um, he gets from Griffo, actually. That's where Griffo, I think, really shines and he's worked on that like I think before it was you know it was probably coming more from like a fear-based kind of like you know the way that he was brought up you know many of us really that generation yeah um, like if you don't do this you'll you know yeah you just yeah, sort of act because you need to now we'll just, yeah yeah because I think that you know that's so much of what we've seen like from our parents and you know what they saw from their parents so and I'll that's the thing right that's the thing that can happen like you can go oh we're not meant to do that anymore like if you don't you'll get you know in trouble or whatever so a fear but then we swung to this whole like oh we just wait for them to be ready like and I think there's this thing in the middle which I like to call confident momentum where they need a leader who's going to say it is time to go it's okay if you don't feel ready right now but we do need to leave now and I'm going to help you to the car I'm going to pick you up you know maybe you've done the let's hop like a kangaroo and that hasn't worked maybe you've done all the things there's always a time still as a parent where we might just need to take confident action that still is very empathetic and that's okay and I think that's where I, I see in the gentle parenting world that we just need a little bit of like permission to also just be able to act with empathy and take action at times you know yes I love that oh my god I feel like I could talk to you all day Thank you so much. Like I think, you know, um, the empowerment piece, the education piece and the perspective shifting is why you need to get around Mandy. Um, I will chuck your um, Instagram in the show notes to stalk. Uh, but what is your, um, you know, what is it so that people can 
come and find you anyway. Yeah, for sure. Well, you can come and find me over on my Instagram. My handle's at Raised Toddlers and our website's raisedtoddlers.com.au. We have a membership offering, which is really all like this sort of stuff where you've got my videos, which are very down to earth, as well as like some written articles and things around all the topics you'll come into with toddler parenting, all the questions you have, like, what do I do this, when they do this, when they hit me, when they scratch me, whatever. Um, and then also we have a Facebook group where we do a lot of like live Q&As like this and just really like down to earth, practical. This is what you could probably try. And yeah, it's just a really lovely community. So yeah, just come over and find us and you'll, yeah, get the sort of vibe if this suits you. Oh, well, thank you so much, Mandy. It's been an absolute pleasure. We might have to get her back where she just answers a whole bunch of toddler questions. When do they stop being toddlers actually? So around, so you're about to enter into like what they technically say is preschool age. And that's quite similar to toddlers, but I'd always be happy to speak to that. So I can really speak right up to age six um, is where my passion lies. So zero to six. So you got me for another, what, two years. (laughs) Oh, great. Well, we'll have you back on here. I love it. Thank you so much for your time, Mandy. And thank you so much for listening. If you love today's episode, please rate and review five stars. It gets the conversation out there and, and, you know, for more parents to feel less alone. So thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.